The Pittsburgh Steelers will have to get a new receivers coach as Frisman Jackson's out. Who do they get? What kind of targets do they look for, look for? As well as our final grades on edge rushers and other coaching things to hire. All here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show in your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course, is the place that you go to look for jobs. Well, this that's the place where if you're an employer, you look for candidates to hire. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As I said before, we're joined by the man himself, Alan Saunders. He's back on the show. He's back from, from Mobile, Alabama. Okay, real quick before we get into the coaching stuff, the, your favorite part of Mobile this year. Go. Food, same as every year. <laughs> i love it down there man it's a great place great place i've only heard great things from everyone who goes and it's a great time but we got to talk about we've talked a lot about the senior bowl over the past week or so and everything that was going on there we talked to you about it so let's talk about the big news that happened and it was it, it was it was reported um on uh on yesterday uh this is the uh, Tuesday show coming out. This, this is we, we're talking very early on Monday, um, but the Steelers are moving on from their wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson, uh, who had been there a couple years, uh, and which means there's a new vacancy there. So, Alan, with that vacancy there, we know Arthur Smith is the coordinator. What kind of coaching search do you think will entail for this position? Do they try to go for guys with a lot of NFL experience? Do they try to go with young, young, innovative minds. Which is there a direction you think they're going to head? I would assume that they're going to go with someone just that is connected to or has some experience in Arthur Smith's offense. Um, that's you know that that would make sense to me if I was trying to plan this out as a coaching staff. I'd think that you know okay if Pat Myers is going to stay as offensive line coach and and if if Eddie Faulkner is going to stay a running backs coach and having another assistant that kind of has worked in this offense before and isn't learning it for the first time. Uh, you know, like it's the difference between the teacher that has taught this class 30 times and the first year teacher that's figuring it out the same time the students are right. Like you, know, you kind of want somebody that's been there and done that. And so that's what I assume. But then I kind of like click back through Arthur Smith's history and I'm looking like, okay, who was his wide receivers coach in Atlanta? Well, no, that's TJ Yates. He's got a job. Who's his wide receivers coach in Tennessee? Oh, you know, no, he's got a job. How about before that? Oh, so I don't know. I didn't find any obvious candidates in Arthur Smith's history in terms of uh, a guy that would fit. And there's also like, I think in general in the NFL, there's sort of two very distinct types of wide receivers coaches. You have guys that are just wide receivers coaches, guys that played the position, instruct the position primarily. And that's sort of what we saw with Frisman Jackson, right? Like that, that's sort of very traditional wide receivers coach, but wide receivers coach is also just a, a place where like guys that they want to be on the offensive coaching staff kind of get shoved. If you remember here in Pittsburgh, like Randy Figner and Bruce Arian mm. both started as wide receivers coaches. We're not wide receivers by trade or anything like that. And when you look at Arthur Smith, he's kind of done it both ways, right? Where TJ Yates was a quarterback, 
was his wide receivers coach in Atlanta, but had a more traditional wide receivers coach when he was in Tennessee. So I think what I've told you is I don't have any idea <laughs> who the wide receivers coach is going to be, but uh, those are kind of the, uh, the the rationale out there anyway, or what I'm thinking right now. No, I hear you. And I think that's that's the that's the best way to approach things. If we don't know stuff, we're not gonna lie to you and act like we do. And, and also when we, we you know we, we have we don't have a sense of the direction here. I think but something you said is where I'm at with what they need to do with the wide receiver coaching search. You talked about finding guys you just want to add to your staff. And to me, that's what needs to happen here. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking, we weren't able to, I wasn't able to queue up any caller, you know, call, calls to put on this show, but a lot of you have been calling in and asking about pass game coordinator, pass game coordinator, pass game coordinator. That could be a move here where you get a wide receiver coach. You also kind of award the title of pass game coordinator who can kind of be the person that you want to be in line. If they work out for you at that position and you like what you see, whenever Arthur Smith does move on in two, three years or whatever, that you have a guy there because let's face it. If, if things go, like, let's say things go as planned for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Arthur Smith has a really good three years. Kenny Pickett plays better or Mason Rupp plays better or they draft a quarterback. And if this offense hums, they get into the top 10, a few of those years, Arthur Smith maybe becomes another head coaching candidate again. And if he gets that and he moves on or just moves on because there's, you know, who knows about coaching carousels in the NFL, you're going to want to have another answer instead of doing a whole other search uh, right right away and having an answer that's part of this new this good new system you put together. That's where I think that you're you're onto something there about finding a guy who you think could be the young innovative mind that you bring into the NFL or you bring into your 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 organization and move and then if they do well, you move them up the ranks and become your next offensive coordinator who pushes forward with what you've built. I can see that. And I honestly, like, I, I think this could be two different roles, right? I mean, I think that the idea of hiring a wide receivers coach that is a younger up and coming mind, especially when you really didn't go that route with Arthur Smith. I mean, right. He's old. He's 41. He'll be the youngest coordinator ever under Mike Tomlin, but you know, not necessarily this like young up and coming guy. I could see that being attractive for that wide receiver role. But for this, if they're going to hire a pass game coordinator, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I want someone that's done it in the NFL because Arthur Smith does not have those NFL pass game chops that experience doing that in the NFL. You know, I want someone, you know, closer to, you know, Pep Hamilton, um, Eric Bieniemy, if he's available, oh, what a hire that would be. Looks like, you know, he's out in Washington and uh, there's only one offensive coordinator job left open. You know, I, I'd be trying to leverage Mike Tomlin's popularity as an NFL head coach and the fact that he's an extremely approachable guy and try to add to this coaching staff and bring in someone experienced to do that role. And then I really feel like that frees you up to take a chance on a younger guy as a wide receivers coach, someone that doesn't have a lot of experience, maybe someone who's just a very recent former player that you think has the mind to do it, that you think would make a good coach that you want to give a chance to. I think that really opens up the possibilities. If you bring in someone with some experience to help Arthur Smith with the passing game, I think that really takes a lot of the pressure off the job of wide receivers coach. And look, I mean, the job of wide receivers coach here is important. We've seen some things at that position in the yeah. last year yeah. did not really go very well. Like I did, I was not surprised at the news that Frisman Jackson was not coming back. Yes. I think Arthur Smith will want to, and deserves to be able to hire some of his own staff. But when you look at the jobs that were done by the Steelers position assistants on the offensive side of the ball, I think we could be honest and say Frisman Jackson kind of left 
some you know, some things wanting in terms of the consistency of the execution of his guys. Not to say that's all his fault, but at, at the end of the day, the coach gets held responsible. Absolutely. Uh, and I know two names that everyone's going to be talking about right away, and that's Antoine Randall and Heinz Ward because they're former Steelers. Big names that everyone wants to talk about. We'll get to those on the other side of the break, as well as other things the Steelers could do on their coaching staff moving up here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. He's Alan Saunders. I'm Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the, in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're also brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 or more money line bet. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also lets you bet for who's going to score a touchdown, who will score the first touchdown how many points will be scored and so many more ways to win new customers join today and you'll get 200 off in our back in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up today that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nfl Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders. Alan, let's keep it rolling about this coaching discussion here. Uh, I'll, I'll start with where I left off in the last segment. Heinz Ward, Antoine randall two names that everyone remembers from the glory days of the Super Bowl teams. Uh, Heinz Ward won two Super Bowls, Super Bowl 40 MVP. Um, Antoine randall uh threw the touchdown to Heinz Ward in Super Bowl 40 and came back and, and was a really good player for the Steelers uh, for the year for, for his years there. Now, here's the thing is that I, I think it's a tough position for either for the Steelers to get either of these guys right now. Maybe not tough to, to get Heinz Ward, but you look at Antoine randall He's a receivers coach for the Detroit Lions. They just made the AFC Championship game. Why would I take a lateral move? I know it's his former team, but why would I take a lateral move to an offense with a new coordinator that you're not sure is going to work when you were just in one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL? And then on the flip side, the Lions, the Lions let him. Hey, that's the other thing. Why would the Lions let him? That's another. That's another very good point because um, that's the same situation with Eric Bieniemy, who I want to ask you about a little bit more after this, but. Um, Heinz Ward was an intern for the Steelers, an assistant for the Jets, didn't really catch on there, went to FAU for a year, didn't catch on there, and then was coaching in the XFL, and now he's working in the Alliance of American, or, you know, he used to work in the Alliance of American Football, but he hasn't really caught on anywhere. 
is there something there that maybe the Steelers just need to see what's going on with Heinz Ward? Because everyone just thinks back, well, that guy was a great Steeler. He's a, he's a guy that everyone pushes for the Hall of Fame. Why shouldn't he be a guy that they consider for coaching? Well, I think he should be a guy that should consider. You know, he's got some experience. He was obviously great at the position. Being great doesn't make you a great coach. I think we see yeah. that over and over again, right? I mean, it, it it's not related. It's totally different skill sets. Uh, but, you know, he has some coaching experience that looks okay. Um, you know, seemed like he did an okay job as a head coach in the XFL. He seems to want to do it. I think that's always a question mark when you're talking about a guy with a few millions in the bank account and a gold jacket uh, on the way, maybe where, you know, how, how, how much they really want it, you know, how, how much they want to grind for it as a, as a position coach. I think that's a question that a lot of coaches have. It seems like Heinz Ward wants it. You don't go to work in the XFL if you don't really want to do it. Right. And so I think he needs to be a legitimate candidate for this job. I actually saw Heinz at the senior bowl and was trying hmm. to track him down to ask him about this. And I just wasn't able to get, uh, get in touch with him. But uh, it's, I think that's plausible. Antoine Randall, I just, like you said, there's no reason he would want to take that job right now. And there's no reason for the Lions to let him. So I, I don't see that happening at all. But I, I can't say that Heinz, and, and man, if you're looking at someone to really get the attention of um, your young wide receivers that seem to need someone to get their attention sometimes, who better than a guy like Heinz Ward? Like that, that seems to fit the bill. I mean, we literally saw Heinz Ward just like, you know, just grip a lot of people up over his time with the Steelers. He's a guy, I think he got Plaxico Burrage straight. Uh, I think Antoine Randall learned under him uh, when he came into the NFL. Uh, Randall became like a really good blocker as well uh, when Heinz Ward was there. And then also with Lima Sweet, heck, he was there for the start of Antonio Brown's career. So um, Heinz Ward, certainly an experienced guy to have and a person that I think would be immediately respected walking into the locker room uh, and into the organization. So I, I think it'd be really it'd be a great story to have to have it there. But sometimes I want I we get weary of great stories for guys that have elements that you want to have. Because here's the other thing, like we talked about, does Heinz Ward, is Heinz Ward one of those innovative minds we're talking about that's going to come in and be a person that you want to be a passing game coordinator who you promote to OC, who has the schemes? Like maybe he is, maybe in his, maybe in a room somewhere, he has all these amazing charts and and, and play calls. He's like, I'm ready to go. I just need someone to give me the shot. Maybe he is. But I think that there are chances to go out and maybe get a guy who could be that person. And you brought up an interesting name. Again, Antoine Randall, he's got a job with the Lions. That ain't happened. But you brought up a guy, Eric Bieniemy, And a lot of people are asking right now, well, why didn't they just hire him in the first place if he would be, if he's being let go? Whole point, and you were arguing with people all day uh, this weekend. Uh, I think it was Sunday. We were trying to get this point across. Nobody could talk to Eric Bieniemy while he was still employed by the commanders. They weren't letting it happen. And now that they're moving on from him, now he's available. So the Steelers had no reason to think that he was going to be available. I'm sure they was, that was part of their waiting process, was waiting to see if they could talk to Eric Bieniemy Again, him and Mike Tomlin have a prior relationship. I think it's kind of odd for the timing of the commanders to just make him get out after all this time. And the guy that you wanted to bring in uh, for Cliff Kingsbury, of all people. Um, so I, I do think that's odd. But what are the what are the odds here that the Steelers – do try to do a situation where, like, you know, the enemy, there's only one, what, one OC job left available. So it's not like if, if he doesn't get that one job, he's going to have to take a step down to, 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 to keep coaching this upcoming year. What's the chances of Tomlin kind of giving him a Flores type of year where it's like, hey, come on in. I know that that, that sucked. We used to work together. 
you're going to be my receivers coach slash my pass game coordinator. And if everything works out, you're probably getting another job really quickly. Or we promote you if, if, if you if you want to stick around, something along those lines. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Steelers. I'm not sure if I'm Eric Bieniemy. I'm jumping at the opportunity, right? I mean, like, it's not a good quarterback situation. We all kind of know that. Um, it's not an offense that's been dynamic and throwing the ball before. If the idea is to take this job for one year, look really good, and then go somewhere else, there might be some places where it's a little easier to look really good in in one year. You know, like that. I'm not, you know, the the, the steel. Eric Bieniemy was talked about as a head coach candidate for the last three years, interviewed for a ton of head coaches. I'm sure there are plenty of teams that would love to have him as a passing game coordinator. I, yeah. I do think maybe they could leverage the relationship with Mike Tomlin, but I'm not sure if I'm Eric Bieniemy, this is the spot I would pick, but maybe, you know, relationships matter a lot in coaching. We'll, we shall see. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that the Steelers, you know, I, I wonder uh, what Mike Tomlin would say if you uh, asked him honestly whether if he knew Eric Bieniemy was going to be available, if he still would have hired Arthur Smith when he did, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think, you know, the, 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 the commander's head coaching high search was a mess then that, you know, they had just um, lost the option of getting uh, Ben Johnson from the Detroit Lions. It seemed like they were kind of starting over, had no idea how long that was going to take. I can understand not wanting to wait and see and not waiting around, but man, uh, a messy situation for Bieniemy. Now he's, kind of stuck if he doesn't get one of these last OC opportunities. They will have to pay him. So, you know, it's not like you know, he could always just take a year off too. It's not like he has That's to true. come uh, take one of these jobs like a passing game coordinator if he doesn't want to. He could do the college thing like Cliff Kingsbury did and go find uh, some up-and-coming college offense and go work there too. So he has plenty of options. I'm not sure the Steelers would be at the top of my list if I was in his position, but he's certainly someone – they should be pursuing. If you're looking at innovative offensive minds and you're okay with someone up and coming, especially if you've already hired a, 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 a pass game coordinator and you want to fill this wide receivers coach job, let me throw you a name with a Pittsburgh connection I haven't seen a lot of people make yet. How about Brennan Marion? You stupid. I was my sneaky thing I was going to do at the end of the show, you dirtbag. I hate you for bringing up Brennan Marion. I've been on the Brennan Marion train forever. But, no, you bring up a great point. Get Continue. So I just had to – I just I, I didn't, no, I didn't he, Okay, so he's there. the young guy. He's 36. He's the yep. uh, offensive coordinator at UNLV. was formerly Pitt's wide receivers coach when Kenny Pickett was the quarterback there. So I have a little familiarity. I'm sure he's familiar with Mike Tommy. He's a Pittsburgh native as well. Um, and so – there's familiarity there, but you know he has a very unique and innovative offensive system that he developed when he was the offensive coordinator at uh, Howard, and 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 through a couple steps uh, now to get to the the OC job at UNLV. He was up for a couple Power Five OC jobs and didn't get one. I think NFL wide receivers coach could work like that's a big swing on a young up and coming guy. Now I I don't know is he going to be able to wrestle George Pickens and Deontay Johnson in the line? I, <laughs> Hey, that's a tough job. I don't know. But I do think he brings something unique and innovative to the table in terms of just like you said, just hire a guy that you would want to have on your coaching staff. Right. And and he played wide receiver and he was a good one. He played at Tulsa and then uh, had a, a short stint in the NFL with, I believe, the Dolphins before uh, he had a knee injury that kind of shut things down for him. But, you know, look, I, as, in terms of options I've been able to find right away, that one. Sounds as good as any I've I've uncovered. Yeah, I, I posted three names on Twitter just just for just for the halibut. 
Um, and it was uh, I threw out Brian Hartline and and Ron Bellamy, but like Brian Hartline didn't even know Ohio State. That was just to give an idea of like a big name in college football. That guy is like in line to be the next OC. He's he's like a co-OC for Ohio State. I'm sure he's making bank right now for all the things that he's been doing with guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. Ron Bellamy from Michigan is another guy. You know, with the work that he did with Roman Wilson, that might be an interesting you know add there. Would he like to do that with Harbaugh? You know, in his in that situation, maybe he gets into the NFL. But Brennan Marion, I, I think, is a very sneakily good candidate because his go-go offense is starting to be implemented across the NFL. I think the Steelers saw a few elements of it in their game against the Seahawks this year. And that's where I think Brennan Marion could really be in, in, be this type of hire that you're talking about. And again, it's not a, it's not a slam dunk. Like everything's going to work out perfectly, but this is a younger, younger offensive minded coach who has a good record working with high level wide receivers. This guy turned Jordan Addison into a Belitnikoff wide receiver in a year's time at the University of Pittsburgh. He's familiar with the city. He's from the city. He'd come in. I think he's very good at working with dynamic players and understanding, you know, that the 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 temperament that you need to address things. You know, when I I covered him when he was at Pitt, and one thing I heard from a lot of players was how he set through he also has a very good relationship with Kenny Pickett and that's another thing to keep in in line here that'd be another guy that you could help if he's if he's your receiver slash pass game coordinator you can also have that on your side and then let's say everything let's say everything goes the way that we you know that, that Pittsburgh hopes it could go in the next three years the offense Kenny Pickett finds himself or they find another quarterback who finds themselves in this offense everything's humming the offensive line's playing really well Arthur Smith is a is a is a hot candidate to go somewhere else and Brennan Marion's sitting there on your staff and he's done some really good things and now he gets to implement his wrinkles into the offense that you've already constructed that's the move that I think could be very interesting. So Brennan Marion, you heard it here on this show uh, from Alan Saunders first because he beat me to to saying it. But he's he's someone that both of us uh, respect, have talked to um, before in his previous you know times in Pittsburgh, and uh, someone that I think could be an out of the box hire who could very much become a very good part of their box. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good fit. Um, there's a couple other like if you're talking about like college. Um, guys that you know kind of been around that, that could um do that job. Josh Gaddis is a guy, he's the offensive mm. coordinator at Maryland right now. Yeah. Um, you know, he was receivers coach at Penn State, he was receivers coach at Alabama when Jerry Judy was there. Um, you know, he's he was at Michigan, he's got some good spots on his resume. That's a guy that's interesting to me, too. Um, so I think there are a lot of guys like that that you could take a swing on. It just seems like, hey, this is a young up-and-coming coach. As we saw with the other big piece of news that hit Pittsburgh football on Monday with Charlie Partridge leaving yeah. Pitt, I think it is a very attractive time for guys to be trying to jump from college to the NFL. If I'm the Steelers with this open wide receiver position, like the last thing in the world I want to do is hiring – no offense, but like – don't hire another I kill you. Like, don't hire another like boring NFL retread. Get, coach. get a guy. Yeah. Get, go find a guy that you really want to be on your coaching staff, whether that's from the NFL ranks or from the college ranks that you really feel like can add something to the room uh, and, and not just check a box. I'm right with you there. I think that this is, we're both on the same page about the direction the Steelers should go. Will they go there? We'll see as time moves on. But We'll keep. Well, we got to talk about some other things here. I'm gonna. We're, I want to give my final grades on the edge rusher position for the Steelers. We have our stars and skulls that we've accumulated all year, and the question: Will T.J. Watt win Defensive Player of the Year? All that here and more on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Right after this. But first, want to remind you that this show is 
brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is, of course, the app that you need to download right to your phone right now to make sure that you're getting all the deliveries you want for the best food. And that's food that's going to be made from a restaurant or that you're making yourself because you're bringing in the groceries. But DoorDash is where I go when I want pizza, wings, burgers. Anytime I want an easy meal before a game that I got that I got to watch at home, I'm getting DoorDash because I'm getting my favorites right to my house. If you're a Pittsburgher, you probably love you some big, big shot Bob's wings or some Permani sandwiches delivered right to right to your door. That's what DoorDash is here to get your best locals, local food wherever you're at. And right now you get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order on DoorDash. But just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. Subjects to change. Terms and conditions apply. You can even get more value with DoorDash by getting all your groceries or restaurant favorites delivered with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on everything you need for the Super Bowl and get 50 percent off up to a ten dollar value when you spend fifteen dollars or more on your first order at doordash download the doordash app today when you do enter the code locked 23 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-2-3 subject to change terms and conditions apply we're also brought to you by ebay motors passion drive and patience that's what brings home the winning trophy it's also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks exhaust kits led lights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay's guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time your or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay's guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've done a lot of offensive talking, so let's talk some defense real quick. And it's time to go over our final grades for the edge rushers. We did linebackers on yesterday's show, so here we do edge rushers, different positions in today's NFL. Uh, remember, throughout the season, after every game, we either gave them a neutral grade, or if they did well, we gave them one to three stars. If they did poorly, one to three skulls. And we totaled those up to give them their final grades throughout this season. And let's get into those final grades. I want to start with the rookie of the group. And that was Nick Herbig on the season. He didn't get to play a whole lot as much as I thought that maybe he had earned at one point. But when he did, he made a difference. He earned six stars in the year. Uh, no skulls, no bus tickets. Good, good for a B minus here just because he was able to do that. We, we don't we don't curve our grades here for limited amount amount of time or anything like that. But. Allen, for everything I wanted to see from Nick Herbig as from a, as a rookie, he delivered that and more. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I thought he did, you know, he, he did an awesome job of finding a way to make impact and limited snaps. You know, sometimes it's tough for guys if you're not in there a lot to come in and kind of you you gotta warm up to the game, right? You gotta get a feel for what the guy's doing. And it's hard if you're only getting six to ten to twelve snaps a game to really do that. I thought he, he did an awesome job of coming in and being able to make an impact in a limited sample size. And I think that that really, you know, gives a lot of Excitement for the future with him. It seems like the Steelers got another good one at outside linebacker. 
Absolutely. Uh, the guy that he lined up with a lot this season was Marcus Golden. I gave him eight stars, zero skulls, zero bus tickets. That's a good enough for a B grade. And it was simply because he was getting more snaps at different at different times of the season because of his experience. Uh, for a guy to come in, he did, he was very much the guy that Melvin Ingram was supposed to be for the Steelers, except he didn't quit on the team midseason because he wasn't getting snaps over TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Um I thought he was pretty solid. There were some games that he was very neutral in that I think he didn't make a difference in, but enough of those games, I didn't see him be a problem. And that's what they needed the most was a guy who wasn't Malik Reed, who was getting beat a lot in, in key situations. I thought for the most part, Marcus Golden was very solid and is a good veteran for the Steelers to keep around. What were your thoughts on Golden? I thought the thing that was most impressive to me was, you know, his, his fit into the locker room. Like, just like you're saying, like he, he seemed like, immediately he was the guy that had always been there, you know, and, and as a guy who was a starter his entire career to be a backup for the first time, to really accept and embrace that role, I thought was impressive. Um, just a great guy, great to be around. And I thought he really fit that role perfectly. I think the Steelers should want him back for 2024. I don't know what we'll see, you know, how things go with the salary cap and, and what, you know, his interest is in that kind of thing. But it seemed like a pretty much a perfect fit to me. I, I I agree I agree with you here. Uh, I don't see any reason to shake up this room, especially with a guy who was uh, one of your starters, and that's Alex Highsmith. Highsmith on the year, I only gave twenty one scald him on the year. He had twenty five stars uh, in, in my in my grading system. When you get like twenty or plus more stars than skulls, you're in the A plus category, and that's exactly where he was. He didn't have the same highlight plays and as many sacks as he did. Uh, you know, last year when TJ Watt missed part of the year, but man, I thought he was extra reliable, made some big plays, some key points in the season. And I think he continues to be a reliable person who, you know, if him and TJ Watt continue to be your one, two punch, you're going to have the best edge rushing duo in the NFL. Yeah. I think he is interesting because he didn't really have the sacks this year. I think there was a lot of situations where, um, you know, I thought he could have done a little bit more in terms of taking advantage of some one-on-one -on -one opportunities when teams are really, really leaning on TJ. But I just think the presence of Alex Highsmith does more for this team than the numbers suggest. I think, you know, he does keep teams from really just double teaming TJ all the time because they have to worry about both sides of it. His run defense has gotten so much better uh, over his time in the NFL. And I think he's got a very advanced move set that really keeps offensive linemen guessing. He's just a hard guy to nail down. Um, I think the stacks will come back. I, you know, I, I think it's probably a little bit random there. But the, the one thing that I do think he was incredible at is still find a lot of splash, even though there wasn't a ton of sacks, had the interception, returned for a touchdown against the Browns, forced a fumble, the TJ returned for a touchdown in that game. Like those are season-changing kind of plays. If you can get a couple of those, you go a long way. I, I'm right there with you. And then what more can be said about the guy that's ahead ahead of him? If I you know you know the scene in uh the, the flashback scene in uh in Christmas story when Ralphie you know gives the amazing paper and the, the grades just keep going a plus 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 that's what I could that's what I'd have to do with TJ Watt on the year. I never gave him a single skull. I didn't there there were games if he made a mistake, he more than made up for it, either neutralizing it or being a, a star player. 40 stars, like like that's the thing. Like he was just that guy so many times this year with 40 stars and zero skulls, A plus grade. I, I'm gonna even skip any debating points about, about, about the grade itself. My question to you is Alan, with as uh, the year that he had leading the NFL in sacks for a third straight year, 
do you think that he could beat the odds of what a lot of people are saying and actually be the defensive player of the year? Or do you think with the conversations that are being had nationally that this award is just going to go to Miles Garrett because there's PFF, there's Peter King, there's all these people that just think that Miles Garrett has to get it despite getting less less tackles, less sacks, less interceptions, uh, I think less less tackles for loss in so many categories. I don't understand how you can vote for Miles Garrett. I really I don't. don't. I mean, I think that lots of people are going to, and I like if you ask me to bet on who's going to win, I would pick Garrett. But I think part of that too is just that Garrett's been a really good player for a long time, and he's never won it. And there's like a, and TJ has, and so there's kind of like a, like if TJ had never won it, he would win it this year, mm-hmm. right? Like they would not let this season of TJ Watt go by without him winning. But I think because he has, there's not a huge separation in all the metrics. And if you want to look at some of the, you know, some of the, the quote unquote advanced stuff, it prefers Garrett. I think most of that's nonsense. I will say this, you know, I think it's a year where like as good as TJ Watt was this year. And I don't want to minimize. I think your grade's spot on. I don't think this was TJ Watt's best year. I don't think we saw the best we can see out of TJ Watt. I don't think it's some crime if TJ Watt doesn't win it from this season, I also think we've kind of gotten a little over conditioned to just say that the best edge rusher should be the defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, I, I don't really buy that. Like I look at a guy like Deron Bland mm. and what he did for the Dallas Cowboys and the touchdowns that he scored. Like I can make a really good argument that that guy should be defensive player of the year because you don't get any more value out of a, a defensive player than scoring more than some offenses do in a game. Like, that's what he did with five interceptions returned for a touchdown, nine total interceptions. Remember, Minka led the league with six last year. Like, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't think this is some kind of year where it's like criminal if TJ doesn't win it, but I could not possibly vote for Garrett over him based on their 2023 seasons. Yeah, I, I I agree. And listen, I agree about the whole DB thing. Bland had a great year, but like, yeah, if, if we're talking edge rushers, there there there's one edge rusher who should win this award, and it's it's TJ Watt. Get out of here with Michael Parsons. Get out of here with Max Crosby. And again, great players, guys that should be you know in all pro considerations and Pro Bowls and all that all that kind of stuff. Miles Garrett, you know, great players. TJ Watt led the league. If you're doing if you're going off of off of edge rushers, it's TJ Watt. Uh, and it's 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 really not even close anymore with the way that he finished the season. Again, go look at how Miles Garrett finished the season. What one sack in the last seven games? Uh, yeah, I think that 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 kind of solves that. Anyways, he's Alan Saunders. I'm Chris Carter. This has been the Locked On Steelers podcast. Alan, let people can find you, follow you, get more of your work at a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter. PGH Steelers now, SteelersNow.com, and my podcast, Steelers Afternoon Drive. Zachary Smith on YouTube, where you ever find podcasts. Chris Carter on friday afternoon this week absolutely i'm pumped to be on to be back on the show it's been too long alan um but 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 we appreciate you having me on 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 the show there and we appreciate you joining the the show here today and we appreciate you all tuning into the show here the lockdown steelers podcast that you either found in your favorite podcasting apps or on youtube like this video if you enjoy it subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily monday through friday episodes if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, or if you're not still go on apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment doing both at the same time gets you a shout out here at the end of the show thanks again everyone we're back tomorrow we got wes euler no wait actually sorry i'm mixing up my days we have we have 
have another guest that will be coming on. Wes Euler will be our Thursday guest for Steeler Nation Radio uh, that we'll have on the show here today. But stay tuned. we got a lot more to talk about this week here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast. 